What's happening, everyone? It's Tyler Piper from Five Tool Productions, and this is the Create Smarter Podcast. Now, on today's episode, we're talking to Tom Frasillo from Single Light Media. He gives us a little insight to not only how he started and how he's grown, but how to tell a great story using video. It's an awesome interview. It starts right now. We welcome in Tom Basil. Tom, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Doing very well. Thank you. So, and thank you for coming in. Anytime, Appreciate man. it. Man. Anytime. So, tell me a little bit. Single Light Media. G- give me the background. Uh, I mean, I basically Single Light Media. We've been running for about five years now as an actual business. Started out as an idea, and just me. With it the always camera. does. Yeah, right? it's like, just an idea, and it's me with a camera. And you need to start a business. You need to get an LLC for whatever tax purposes or what you need. And that's kind of what we did. And then started really trying to make a run at it once we started, you know, getting busier and busier and realizing that this is something that could actually work, um, you know, working with a lot of the same people on a regular basis. Um, and then taking a look at the companies I was working for and realizing that they're really not much different than what I was trying to do. So so how do you define it? If someone asks you, what is Single Light Media? How do you define it? What, I mean, are you a production company? Are you, you know, strictly video? Explain it for anybody that has no idea. Never heard strictly you production. Um, we really, it's all video. Um, mm-hmm. From post services to concepting, uh, we'll do that. Uh, but a lot of what we do is really just you know building crews, uh, producing high-level content when we can. Um, but that's really, I mean, we're strictly video. I mm-hmm. mean, and for who? Yeah, you know, when you say for high-level content, for who? Who are the type of people that you typically work with? A lot of our, a lot of our contents in the sports world. So um, I've had been working in one way or another with ESPN for about a decade at this point, mm-hmm. from down as a PA to uh, a producer with the company, um, and as a freelancer, I kept them as a client and kind of just with my ins was able to be able to create content for them. Um, so they're one of our main clients that do some stuff with MLB Network, Fox, um, and then we do some small commercial stuff here in Boston with some, there's a lot of really good production companies here and a lot of good agencies doing good work. So uh, that's kind of our next battleground as far as awesome. where we're trying to get into. Very cool. Because there's a lot of work in the sports world. Um, as everyone knows, sports is always going. Mm-hmm. It's recession proof. So, I mean... And it's fun, too. I mean, there's really you, you, you yeah. mentioned, yeah. you know, you, we were talking off camera, you know, things that you do to pay the bills, but then there's, yeah, you know, yeah. your fun projects, too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and that's sports-wise. <laughs> For you, you're obviously a former athlete. I yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. That's the fun stuff, right? Yeah, it's there's, it's really hard to find a bad day in the sports world, <laughs> in, in my opinion. From, I mean, from the outside looking at it, it all looks great. There's obviously ups and downs of that as well. Some stuff is less fun than the other, than mm-hmm. other but... Um, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's always a good day when you're working in, at a, either a big game or a small event. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So l- l- let's go back, start from like yeah. kind of how you got rolling. So y- you graduated from Curry College. You were, I think, what, a year behind me, basically, Yeah, 2007. Right? Yep. So just w- one year behind me. Um, I knew you because of your brother. I played baseball mm-hmm. with your brother. Um, which I still call him Donnie Ballgame to this day. So I have I no other way. I make sure he never, <laughs> ever hears that. Good, good. He really should have. <laughs> but that's the only way I know him by. Yeah. So but with that mind, you know, in school we were talking, again, kind of off the mic. You, you, This wasn't your focus. You weren't focused no. on trying to be a creative, working with cameras in particular. Mm-hmm. How did this kind of come about? How did this come to fruition? 
I mean, I've always had a creative itch. Um, it was just nothing I, not something I paid attention to. I was so busy with sports and just, you know, being a kid. I being took, a twenty year old, I took right? being a kid pretty seriously, and I kind of rode that as long as I possibly could. <laughs> um, so, never actually paying attention to that. Um, it wasn't until obviously leaving in college with the right, you know, mentors that I had in, at Curry, which, I mean, I credit them to almost any of my success. Some of the mentors I have from that school, um, it just focus focus in what do you like what are you doing what do you like um and start to take that seriously that's really where where it came from Um, and where where, and how'd you get going i mean you grabbed a camera did you just start the company you mentioned starting with espn (laughs) feels like it's so long ago isn't it wild when you really think back like wow this was 15 years ago 10 years ago it's a crazy it's a crazy time when we graduate when i graduated you graduate in 2000 i graduated 2006 yes you're you're in the same thing i mean we i mean i graduated college moved out to california Mm -hmm. chasing an unknown dream i graduated college and moved to northern maine (laughs) well there you go my dream (laughs) was to be in front of a camera so i had to start in northern maine basically hit canada take a left so everybody (laughs) starts somewhere you know but i mean that was you you hit it too it was one of the worst it was one of the worst economies in history. Yep. Um, and everything crashed. That's what I was reporting on on a day-to-day basis. Well, at least so. that was good for you. I mean, that's work for you. For me, I mean, I went to L.A. Uh, with one of our other mutual friends, Andrew Graziano. Yep. Um, we lived together. And then, I mean, there was a writer's strike. There was a SAG strike. Um, there was no work out there. So it was pretty tough. I actually went to a uh, job market with Graz. ESPN was having because they were opening up their L.A. PC production center out in mm-hmm. L.A. And met some people, and they asked me, are you willing to move to Bristol? And at that point, I was a year in. We were broke. And I was like, yeah, that's yeah, totally. That's an option. So I picked up and went back and moved to Bristol and started as a PA. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's really how I started. And as I, you know, it was the my career in itself was from that PA point was just the, the path itself showed got me to where I am right now. It was just like seeing everything that was going on actually understanding how production works mm-hmm. is where I started to navigate and find my way. And it was uh, obviously non-traditional, but I mean, that's, it was just seeing it and then I realizing what I wanted. Yeah. Like honestly though, in the media world, there are no two paths that are the no. exact same because everybody says, well, this is how you do it. Yeah. That might work in your kind of traditional corporate world, but from a production world, no way. No. Everybody has gone, moved from one place to another, mm-hmm. bounced around, whether you're in traditional media, whether you're in kind of more the cinematography style yeah. stuff. No two paths are alike. And the, kind of the same goes for entrepreneurship too. Yeah, no one starts the business the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And every single person has kind of their own mm-hmm. story. So take me from the time, obviously, you're working at ESPN. How did you then decide, I want to do this on my own? Well, I did the PA thing for about a year. It okay. was like a training program I believe is what it's called so it was a year thing and then basically after the year you either got a job or you didn't um, because of the economy this was like 2009 they had a hiring freeze so basically they you're said, right in the heart of they were horrible, like you yeah. know you guys all did great but there's probably not going to be a spot for you so I jumped ship instead of waiting and said I got to figure something out went freelance and used my contacts again from ESPN to just start like as a PA out in the field on events, be a runner out in the field, be a camera utility in the field. And, and again, just a completely different landscape, but all still learning mm-hmm. and figuring out what it is I wanted to do in this business. I knew I loved the business. It wasn't, you know, I'm not someone who was born and knew exactly what he wanted to do. I still know, have a good idea of what I want to do, <laughs> but I wouldn't say I necessarily, necessarily know it. I mean, it's always evolving, always learning. And that's kind of you know, I just bounced around from event to event as, you know, help, essentially, paid help. 
uh, travel myself to almost everything because most of the work with sports, minus, I mean, Boston's obviously got a good network, but it's got its own network. Mm-hmm. So you had to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the people that I knew would say, you know, hey, you get yourself a flight, we'll get you a hotel. And, you know, there's a lot of a lot of us at that point in time just realized it was worth it. And, I mean, that's how you had to stay busy. You had to be willing to do it. And I think that's, you know, a lesson for any kid that's graduating college, mm-hmm. I mean, myself included. I remember thinking, I'm going to go work at ESPN. I'm going to go be on oh, camera. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go do this right now. Someone thinks, I'm going to go work on the movie set. You don't realize, no, you're going to be a grunt yeah. to start, right? I mean, oh, yeah. those starting regardless of, even if you have three years in it, you still pale in comparison to some of the folks that have been doing it for 35, oh, 40 yeah. years. And we talked about that earlier. We're still at this point, and I mean, we're still early in it. It doesn't feel like it because, I mean, it mm-hmm. goes so fast, but, you know, we're still very young in this business, and the way the media landscape changes on an almost yearly basis, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> we got some time. Yeah, no you know, question. It's really, I mean, I learned a lot, a lot of, lot of my career is patience, you know, I mean, and that is still something you work with on a daily basis, but it's taking a step back and realizing, you know, you got time. Yeah. You talk so far a lot about learning and yeah. how much you've had to learn, just so much of a little bit of everything, basically. Yeah. Talk about the, the entrepreneurship side of things. Mm. You, you had to learn, <laughs> starting an LLC, this whole tax thing, yeah. how do you work all this? Yeah. I mean, we literally were just doing taxes this morning. So. Yeah. But that's like all of the things that no one actually tells you about starting a business. No. There's a whole other side to it other than I'm going to be just a freelancer with a camera, Yeah. right? So to talk to that, the difference between kind of being that freelance guy versus I'm running a company trying to build a brand too. Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of it I've, I've also learned, and that's kind of like I said with Single Light Media when we started, it was, that's literally what it, in, it was a necessity. It was, that's what you do in this business. If you're gonna be a camera operator, or that's what you're, you, for tax purposes and keeping things separate, you start a business. It just keeps all your expenses, makes things easier for you. Then what I found is if you wanna take the business serious, then you need to know the business. And it can't just be about taxes at that point. Then it's about, you know, marketing, branding. What are you? What do you do? Like, what's your voice? Um, you know, and I know for me it was, a m- I remember just being like an aha moment, being like, you know, I don't want to just be a sole operator LLC guy with a camera. I actually want a company. I want a production company. This is something I want. Um, and with that comes a lot of knowledge that I'm still gaining on a daily basis, trying to figure out and navigate that world of, you know, who are you, what can you offer, and make sure you pay your taxes on time. <laughs> a lot. Just a, and do that quarterly, too, because yeah. that helps, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we tend to miss the quarterlies. Yeah. Uh, that's what happens in your Also, and then at the business side, of, is the hardest thing is investing. How much do you have to invest in yourself? Like, how much risk is involved with that? Like, it's literally you bet on yourself on a daily basis, and that's one of the scarier parts of it, but... I mean, that's just kind of... The Explain that. Of the Go business. into that more, though, investing in yourself. What are some of the things for you when you say investing in yourself? Are you talking about gear equipment? Yeah. Are you talking about, I'm going to a conference, I'm going to learn how to do something? What, what, are you, what does that mean for you? I mean, it's, it's main, I mean, a lot of it is the gear and the equipment and the infrastructure because that's a big part of, of the game is, I mean, you may just be buying yourself a lens or a camera, but you are investing in yourself. Like, you're taking that lead based off of what you're going to put into it and what you want to get out of it. Um, and it's a scary, scary thing. It's a, you know, very introspective way of looking at things mm-hmm. to be able to, to know honestly, like, I'm going to take a $30,000, $50,000 business loan out and I'm going to buy all this equipment. You're not just doing it because that camera is going to necessarily get you any more work. You're doing it because that's the level you want to operate at. 
and that's the way you want that's, the, that's your brand and that's what you want to be known for so i mean it's a it's an investment it's risk but it is a hundred percent a bet in yourself which all entrepreneurs i'm sure know mm -hmm. i mean that's literally the name of the game like yeah. it's all you there's no question yeah. and i don't care if you're you know if you're running a production company yeah. that you have fifty thousand dollars worth of gear that you're just buying mm -hmm. if you run a marketing company yeah. and you have some sort of automation software if you are out in the field and you run a, a trash collection agency yeah. right you, you need to invest in the trucks mm -hmm. right so how, how do you attack that? Do you just sit there and obviously don't sleep for a week before yeah. you actually pull the trigger? So yeah. how do you, do you basically just go through it and say, okay, what am I, how do you approach that? What do you actually, what's, tell me your thought process. Cause that's, it's hard. I mean, you can ask my wife, my thought process is infuriating <laughs> because I don't write anything down. And that's, you know, another thing with entrepreneurship is knowing your strengths and, and organization is not one of my strengths. Mm -hmm. I do you live upstairs, right? You live in your head. And it is a messy, messy place to be. Um, so she's always, every time I go to a gig, for example, she'll yell at me like, why don't you just write down on the board what you need to take with yeah. you? Here's your checklist. No, because right. I'll always text her from the road and say, you know, shit, I forgot my lens. I forgot a lens. I forgot this. And she's like, I can't even say I told you so anymore at this point. Like, but yeah, I mean, the process, it, it is, a, it's a, that is a learning and that's learning. And that's what I'm at that point with my company right now. Um, you know, we've done some really great stuff. I'm really proud of some of the stuff that we've been able to do, but the next phase of this is is that side, the learning of, you know, that process and what how to operate at the next level, mm -hmm. which, you know. in order and that's how that's how you kind of grow yeah. too, right? In order mm -hmm. for you to grow, if you're going to take on people yeah. that's going to work with you, you can't have it all upstairs. <laughs> that's what I found myself. Like yeah. if I just live here, it's great for me. That might work for me, but it doesn't work for the person that also is depending mm -hmm. on me too. So it's it's tough to kind of have both of that yeah. at the same time and that's it's the only way to grow that's what no. we and they see. say like entrepreneurship it's like it's universal i mean it's it's a living breathing thing mm -hmm. your business it's not just there or something that operates separate from you it is a thing and you need to take care of it it's not the best way to go about things like you said keeping it all in your head it's not good mm -hmm. for the business if you want it to grow yeah. if you want it to actually be something yeah and, and that's the thing and how important is that for you to do and to think about not necessarily right now, mm -hmm. you doing a job. You talked about you know getting your voice, but trying to find something, okay, that, yes, I can put my head down and worry about getting the next gig tomorrow, mm -hmm. which is great. You yeah. need that, you need food to eat, right? <laughs> You've got a couple of kids, I got a couple of kids. <laughs> yeah. They've got to eat, right? Yeah. Paw Patrol ain't free, mm -hmm. we know that. Free. So w with that, how do, we, how do you start planning for, okay, two years from now, three mm. years from now, because that goes in, yep. that's more than just, I forgot a lens for this project today. Mm -hmm. That's going into, all right, what do I want to be? How do you approach planning for the future? Uh, that's a thing right now. That's like, that's 2019 for me. Yeah. Is, is, is the future is instead of thinking, so next year, next year, next year, what are we going to do? It's five years. Like mm -hmm. that's a big part of it. Um, because it's, a, it's the hamster wheel effect. Like I'm having success right now. Things are great. Um, but is it where I want to be in five years? Absolutely not. So, what, what do you want? Just curious. What do you want in five years? What's kind of like my, your thought process? My goal for Single Eye Media is literally just brand. I want to do branding. I want to take in more of, so of the marketing side of things. I want to actually help brands find their voices and using media as that platform, which is such an accessible thing nowadays and an important part of a company. Um, there's so many companies and people out there doing so much awesome stuff that it's just they don't have their voice yet 
Um, so I was going to get into th that later. Mm -hmm. We can do that right now because I think th you just went into it. I, that yeah. was one of the things I wanted to talk about yeah. with you is the importance of storytelling mm -hmm. from a brand perspective. Yeah. And you can do that with video so much better than anywhere else. Yes. Right? You know, how do you tell folks that? How do you get that point across to people that say, yeah, I think I want a little video. No, yeah. you, you want to tell your story, yeah. right? You have it on your site, mm -hmm. right? You know, you, you have a story, get it out there, tell yeah. your story mm -hmm. to everybody else. Why is that so important? It's, I mean, it's such a interactive, it's such a, I mean, it envelops you, video. Like if you have good, everyone knows what good video looks and feels like. It's not just something that's there in front of you and you see it and watch it and it's over. Like a good video takes you in, takes you on some sort of a journey, uh, usually in a direction you were never planning, just by hitting play. Um, and everyone knows what good looks like, even if they don't know that. You, what you do for a client is show them. Show them this and then show them product A, product B. And what, what makes that one, this one better than that one? And you're going to say it's quality. It's qual some, it did something for me. It clicked somewhere, made me feel something maybe. And I mean, and a lot of the brands that are really getting, having success with this right now are brands you would never expect to have like an emotional, like an Under Armour, for example, or a Nike. Like the things that they're doing, um, between the way the political world is now and playing into that with racial tensions and things like that, but they're they're finding their voice and they're using video and it's I mean it's viral every single time they put something out on the internet and it's not someone picking up a camera and just going out there and figuring it out. It's a campaign. It's thought through. It's process, um, and it's really talented people um, telling stories. And I think one of the most important things to think about you—you you mentioned Nike and Under Armour. They're not just a shoe company, no. right? You know, you talk go up and down this hallway right here. They're not just companies that are you know selling newspapers. Yeah. They're not right. There's more to their story than they sell shoes, yes. right? Who do they stand for? And finding their voice. Mm -hmm. how, how do you get that across to somebody that say you are more than just showing off your product, mm -hmm. right? I can show your product off all day long and it will look great. Yeah. You know, I could put it up on a stand, let it rotate and show off your ski boots. Yeah. That'll look cool. But to really tell your story about the, the ski companies, you know, the, their heritage, where they yeah. came from, mm -hmm. why they focus on going to um, New Hampshire versus Vail or something yeah. like yeah. that, right? You know, that's the thing that I think is missing so often mm -hmm. that, you know, I can go and shoot a video about your new ski boots yeah. all day long. Yeah. But to really tell that story, that's what you need to focus in on and mm -hmm. get out to the world. How does yeah. it make that end person feel, right? I think that's the, the piece that yeah. is missing so often. And you can't do that with bullet points. You can't sit someone in front of a I mean, traditional thought would be, obviously, a spokesperson or someone sits in front of a camera and tells you all about this great product you're about to see. And if it's a great product, it's a great product. But, I mean, you can't make anyone feel anything about that brand by doing that. That's just not a good approach to it. And, and it's subtle. It's subtlety, which is the biggest thing right now in video is, I mean, you're getting hit with advertising left and right. And it's, you know, you can sift through that now and you can see that when it's obvious and it's annoying when it's obvious, when it's so catered to you and it's, you know, it's such, it's like flash ads used to be. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was, it was a banner ad. Exactly. And, right? that's, and that's, that approach just doesn't work now. Now it's about subtlety. It's about, you know, taking a brand and then, like, for example, you take, they do a lot of these co-branded things that are, um, you know, you're taking, you know, Maker's Mark did a series with um, a Maker series. And they did mm -hmm. it with, they went and talked to drum companies and they sat down and did some produced video for that. And they did some really cool things. And it's just, you're watching that. It's interesting. It's making you feel something. And then at the end of the day, it's advertising. But you just don't realize it when you're watching it. It doesn't come across as advertising, the, the, you know, the door-to-door -door salesman technique that used to work. 
doesn't work anymore. Yeah, you can't spray and pray. Like mm-hmm. I was everybody, you can't just push it out and expect everybody to gather. You no. have to, like you said, make them feel something. I think for me, one of the ones I always went back to, that I think did a really great job at SB Nation, mm-hmm. who is at, <clears throat> you know, they they started up as just a bunch of blogs, but yep. then they started getting into more of the content creation with brands, and they partnered with um, Jumpman, mm-hmm. Nike's um, Michael Jordan brand. So it was Jumpman Presents, and it was basically just stories about different athletes all over the world. Mm-hmm. That made me feel something. Yeah. But that wasn't me getting an ad no. saying, hey, look at the, the new Jordans. Look at the new Jordan 55s mm-hmm. or whatever they're on now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't even want to know. Just showing off yeah. the different sneakers. No. But it was, no, it was getting me to start thinking about the brands a little mm-hmm. bit more and start interacting like, huh, maybe Jumpman stands for something a little bit more than just Jordan sneakers, exactly. right? So it was just, it's a different way of kind of getting that a- across, but folks don't realize you have to do that. And yeah. you, you mentioned like the bullet points, there's a time and a place for yeah, the bullet absolutely. points, right? Like we use, you know, B&H, who mm-hmm. I'm sure you're on all the time, yeah. same here, yeah. right? They sell photo, video, every type of AV equipment you can possibly imagine, yeah. and then some. And I go in through the specs and I need the specs, mm-hmm. but that's not going to make me at the end of the day, that will help me buy, but that's not the only decision maker. Because right? you already know that you're going to that site to get what you want. Exactly. So you need the information. Absolutely. And that's, ex- that's a great example of where it's important. Mm-hmm. You need that information. It needs to work and it needs to be quick and easy and accessible. Um, when you're trying to tell, to differentiate yourself in the brand game, in my opinion, um, not that I have it all figured out by any means, but just noticing what brands are having success is your, their voice. Mm-hmm. It's more, you're more than just sneakers. What are you? Yeah. You know, and people, people are, they think that's very important right now. Well, I think consumers are a lot smarter now Absolutely. too, right? I mean, with everything going on, they understand, they see through the bullshit, yeah. right? They see through all that crap. They yeah. don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. So one thing we started talking beforehand too, with this in mind, you know, small business trying to tell their story. Mm-hmm. They they come see your work, they think it's beautiful, they come to you, but then they see the price tag of what something mm-hmm. might cost. You know, I, I don't know what you sticker charge. Shock. You know, exactly. But mm-hmm. it's sticker shock. Mm-hmm. With cameras I mentioned B and H for a reason to kind of segue. That was really creative of me, wasn't it? Sure. But Are they paying for but anything. Like Anyhow, unfortunately, maybe in time we'll get them on here. Yeah. But with that in mind, any kid out of college that was graduating, you know, th- this spring mm-hmm. can go out and go on B&H and spend a thousand bucks with their graduation money and mm-hmm. go get a decent camera. Yeah. And they can then call themselves a production company. Mm-hmm. They can call themselves Water Bottle Media <laughs> because I've got <laughs> one in front name. of me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, glass is always half full. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but they can go start that company today. Yeah. How do you compete with that? Because that's happening every single spring when yep. kids graduate, especially here in Boston, because we have so many communication yep. schools, they all graduate and they say, I can go start a production company. Mm-hmm. How do you compete with that? Oof. I don't even know if that's even possible. I mean, it isn't, it's, it's, it's not. And it's, I mean, I think, and a lot of that has to do with like the, the clients that you already have, the ones you currently are working with, um, they know, and it's more to it than just being talented. Like, you can be the most creative person in the world and if your personality shit, that's gonna you're not gonna do anything. No one's gonna want to work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big part of the game that I think only comes with time and learning. Um, more seasoned, your I mean, personality plays such a huge part in it. But um, just being someone who is, has leadership qualities, I think in production as in a brand or someone trusting you with a vision and trusting you with usually a pretty hefty budget. Um, you have to have some sort of leadership qualities and some sort of, there's a huge trust level there. And 
you know, not to say that any kid coming out of college doesn't have the talent to go and get it done, but there's more to running a production than just turning a camera on and capturing beautiful images. Like, a lot um, of people could do that. and could do that really yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's, and there's kids that I see their reels coming out of college, and they're way better than mine. I mean, they're great. I mean, mm-hmm. you can edit shit. Like, you prove that. You can shoot. I can absolutely see that. But are you necessarily able to command a production and put together and then deal with all the other things that go along with running a production budget? Um, Get the phone calls. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah, I mean, can, can you tweak this on that end? Yeah. You know, being able to handle that night and day. No, right? and creatives and a lot of it, and in, in my opinion – uh, I mean, you don't want to do that. I mean, that's not what you got. I didn't get in this business to do my taxes and, and, <laughs> and balance my spreadsheets. Yeah, like, look at the books. I no. mean, don't. I don't have books because it's a mess. I mean, yep. that part of the business becomes messy, but that's a part of it. And, I mean, it depends. And that's a lot of it is, I mean, that's why you don't, I mean, you hire that kid is what you do. Mm-hmm. You hire so that kid. So what part for you, what do you want? And this is something... Uh, my former CEO, I had a, and I, we're going to have her on here too at some point, but mm-hmm. we sat down and she said, it's not just important for you to figure out what the company should be like in three to five years. Yeah. It's important to think about what you want to do inside that company in three yeah. to five years. Because if your goal is to have, you know, become a giant agency, mm-hmm. that's great. That's wonderful. But if you are in fact going to do that, what's your role inside yeah. that? Do you right. want to be the CEO and run everything? Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, chances are you're not going to be doing so much of the creative part. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be the chief creative officer that oversees kind of everything mm-hmm. do you want to be the person that's in charge of all of production yeah. do, or do you want to say forget it i want to build this company and i want to have you know a 50 percent stake in it mm-hmm. but you know what i just want to run camera all yeah. day and that's it right <laughs> yeah. who knows but that's the one thing that really stuck with me is no, not just planning for what you want to do and mm-hmm. what the company should be but what you want to do inside that company no, in a couple a years which was really interesting so that's a very good to kind of wrap this up and close it out even what's your advice for someone that's regardless of it's a, a production company if it's mm-hmm. a marketing agency if it's a trash company mm-hmm. whatever it may be um they're hawking water on the side of the street what, what's kind of your thoughts what are your what's your advice for someone that's thinking about starting their own thing really mm-hmm. uh, is get into the industry no matter however that's possible um i'm jealous of kids these days because they just have so much more information at their fingertips. I think they're a lot as immature in the whole Tide Pod type generation thing. The cliches are, I think they're also a lot smarter um, and a lot more focused on what they want to do. They're going to, you know, they're going to come out of college and they're going to have a bigger toolbox than I ever could have hoped to have had. Um, I mean, that's part of my fault and part of just, you know, we're just, it's a different time, but getting out there and immersing uh, yourself in it. You ha- I mean, you just do it. I mean, I'm not going to, I mean, how many times when you graduated, did you, I mean, how old did it get when people would say, oh, you got to climb the ladder, you got to pay your dues? Like, yeah, I know. Everyone knows that. It's frustrating. You're allowed to voice that. Um, but just being a part of the process wherever you fit in. And then, you know, in due time, whether you're a creative, or you want to be a shooter, a DP, whatever you want to be, like, you'll have an opportunity to use that skill set and showcase your ability. Um, and timing is also a big part of that because if someone had given me a big DP opportunity eight years ago, I mean, it would have been trash, trash. I would have, I would have been awful. Um, so I'm happy that didn't happen. And as I've grown and opportunities come in the right time, and it's I mean, timing plays a huge role in that, and being able to use your skill set and all the things you've learned and put them out in the world and build, find your voice, but at the right time, with the right project, on the right budget, and um, it's just, you know, being, like you said, immersed in the business that you want to be in, um, paying attention, and just, you know, your opportunity is going to come. 
That's awesome. And you just got to be ready for it, and, you know, you'll be okay. <laughs> awesome. You'll be okay. That's awesome. You, everything will be fine. You'll yeah, have ups and downs, right? It will all be fine. And I've, it's something you tell yourself, and I'm sure you tell yourself. It, all the time. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Day you, to day, you might no, bang your head against the yeah, wall. But I you'll might sit fine. here and go home and look at my wife and say, I don't know what we're going to have for <laughs> supper this week. Yeah. But no. <laughs> there were other times that you can say, no, you know what? We're riding high right now. Yeah. We're on this high part. It just works out. It all kind of has its way of working itself yeah. out. But before, actually, one thing I didn't get to ask yeah. you about um, was just the importance of you, you talk about, you know, kind of project management in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you're overseeing everything. Yeah. That's not all under your roof. How important, especially in the, the video production mm-hmm. world, to be able to work with others and to be able to team up and partner with, say, other production companies or other just, you know, DPs or yeah. a, another shooter that you say, yeah, this guy's great or, yeah. you know, Joe Saylor who can light the heck out of a room, right? Mm-hmm. Just finding those people and being able to team up. Just talk to the importance of that because I think that's important for yeah. not just this but for other people think everyone's competition. Yeah. And say, stop, bring them in-house, work with them, right? Yeah. No, competition I think is something that's created. Um, you create it in your head by looking online and Instagram and seeing people doing the same things you're doing. I mean, you're creating that. That's all. It's something that you, it, does, it doesn't exist really. I mean, I found that like on this, the last project we just did for ESPN, this huge Veterans Day project was one of the, is the biggest thing that we've ever done. The thing came out awesome, by the way, man. Thank, that thank was you. like when you, I saw you teasing that for a couple of weeks. I was like, this yeah. is going to be sick. And then when it came out, I was like, this is awesome. Thank you. And that was a, that was a black-to-black 30-minute 30, 30 special for ESPN. I mean, that was a big undertaking for us. Um, and the main thing I learned is I am not, like, I am not the right person for a lot of the jobs on a production. And, you know, a lot of times as a single, as a sole owner, like, you have to do a lot. You have to be the DP, the gaffer, and sometimes the PA, and then sometimes the AC setting up a wireless monitor. Um but there's that was one where we brought in about eight different people, and the one that people you would normally there was w- perfect example. I don't know if you're familiar with Motion State. Um, Her, they yeah, do some amazing. They're from Seattle. They do a lot of stuff with Free Fly. Like they're awesome, unreal. Um, I've always seen their work, and then for this project, we were like, we want to do something cool camera wise. What can we do that's different? Um, yeah, I have. We all have movies. Yeah, we do a lot of gimbal work, but. What do we do to take it? How to the do next we bring level? it to another level that really wows people? Reached them out, reached out to them on Instagram, and I was like, "It's literally that easy." And it was like the first time for me, it really clicked. Is like, you don't have to just hire your friends, or just you guys may not be the best people to bring your vision to life. So go out there and find the people that those, those tools that'll help you. And literally, reached out to them on Instagram, said, you know, I asked them what we could do, had a conversation with them, they sent me a quote, I signed off on the quote, and they came out on the carrier with us, and we. You know, with the Walter Kessler uh, slingshot, which is like, you know, basically a man-made man. Uh, you become a jib, essentially, really? with a movie attached to it. Um, it was something that we've never worked with. That's wild. Um, we've seen out in the wild on a lot of movies. Um, but it was just that easy. It was literally just reaching out, and then they came out and we worked with them, and it was, I'm like, wow, that's, they're no, no one's really competition. I mean, everyone's out there doing something, and everyone has a skill set. And if you think that that will make your product be- end product better, you're the production company. This is your name. This is your voice. You go bring in the best people possible and put it out there. That's really, that was a huge learning thing for me. Um, and the thing is, too, you mentioned, you know, Instagram in particular. Mm-hmm. This is allowing you to do that. Yeah. I think yeah. people forget about that, that you just, it's easy to look at, oh, did you see this person has the new, course, yeah. you know, Kinefinity camera that I haven't <laughs> been able to test out. No. What the heck is that thing? Right? You, know, you see these things going on, but it allows you to connect with those folks. Mm-hmm. To stop looking at it and just salivating over their equipment and their mm-hmm. gear, what they put yes. together. 
you can stop and say, I can work with them. Yeah. I can bring them in. It's money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, it makes takes your brand to another and level it does. too. And I think a lot of that is also from a creative standpoint, you get to, I mean, these things that seem unattainable are only, they only seem that way at the moment. Um, if I came up with a creative pitch uh, and I thought that maybe I needed something cool to take it to the next level, like a techno crane, for example. Well, go out there, reach out, find a quote, get a quote. It's just a dollar sign, and then put it in your put it in your initial budget and pitch it to a client. And they if say they yes, want it, then you take it out. Exactly. But you it's can simple. you can do it. It's not like nothing is unattainable. I mean, it's literally. I mean, everyone's getting paid. It's just a big circle. Money just keeps going around and around. So, you know, you bring in the best people. It's like it's your brand, your voice. So, I mean, that's huge. And Instagram, like. It stop looking from the sidelines, basically. But ends up happening on Instagram a lot of the time is you feel like you're on the sidelines watching everyone else play. And I feel like it's, you know, it can get you down and you see everyone else working and you kind of kick a can around the room. Why not me? Why not me? And it's, you know, everyone's out there doing the same thing. Everyone's out there working, trying to build their own brand. So, I mean, if you want to be a powerhouse in this industry, like you want to work with these people that you've been watching and seeing doing this awesome stuff because they're doing great stuff. You may not be the best DP for this job. Bring in somebody else that has a better vision or is better at it than you for this job. And there's no, there's no shame in that. Um, well, it's because understanding what you're good at, yeah. but understanding on the other side what you're not good at. Absolutely. You know, if you, the faster you understand what you're not good at, the easier you can yes. fill that void yes. from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Or say, I'm going to take a year and learn how to do that and get really yeah, good at it. That's you what you want to do. If that's yeah. what you want to do. But for me, I don't need to learn all of that. No. I know I'm not good at all of that no. stuff. I'm okay at some things. I know what I am, my mm-hmm. str- strengths and weaknesses, and understanding what you're good at is yeah. is massive. And again, I don't care what industry you're in. No, no, it doesn't no. matter. I, it spans across the globe. It has to be universal. And I think as a someone starting your own business and you know you don't have a ton of resources that you're in, I mean, it's all a lot of it's about money. So it's like I don't. I want to make as much money as I possibly can. That's a dangerous trap, especially in a creative world where then it's all reliant on you and only your vision. And everyone knows that's like, I mean, as corny as it sounds, the ultimate team sport. It literally is. You need other collaborators in there to bring your vision to life. So if you're putting all that weight on yourself, um, I mean, you're not going to have a ton of success. There's just, unless you're some sort of savant, which there's plenty of them um, out there, but it's, you've got to bring in the right people and know, like you said, know your weaknesses and then bring someone to maybe step back, don't be the DP of this, bring in a better DP, and then direct. And it get, allows you to be even better at what you're Absolutely, good at. Absolutely, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, and that's, that's, a, yeah, that's, a, that's a learning thing, and that's come in time and with maturity. Um, and like I said, this project opened up a lot of new paths for me as far as learning and knowing you know, what I need to do to get to the next level. And it's, you know, it's collaborating, it's working with the right people, and, you know, and if you have a vision, you know, just don't keep it up in here in the head. I mean, that's, you know, just go other people that, are, that can help and then work together. And I mean, you, if you care about something enough and you have the right people involved, I mean, you're going to have success. There's no way around that. I mean, you're going to make you something And you sleep good. and breathe it. You're going to immerse it, yourself in it again, right? Yeah, it's impossible not to have success. Whether it gets you some sort of notoriety, it may not, but you'll be able to look at the end product and be like, damn. Proud of like it. Like Veterans Day proud of that no one can see that right now no. what was the veterans day project just i mean i'll share the heck out of it during yeah, this yeah. one this but i want people to understand what it was because it was just i mean it, it caught insane. everybody's eye it was just incredible it was it was insane it kind of came out of espn usually i did last not last year 2017 i got asked to do some specialty bump material which is just like these quick little 
creative vignettes in and out of break in Paris Island for their Veterans Day coverage for Sports Center. Sports Center does a live show traditionally on Veterans Day from a military base somewhere in the country. Uh, this year, they floated the idea of this being out in an aircraft carrier. With that comes ridiculous technical problems that as far as broadcasting um, and yeah. it's not really it's possible. So they said, you know, I talked with one of my, the, one of the producers who I'm a friend, a friend of, you know, approached me for this and said, you know, we should just, we can do something different here. What, what do you think? And I was like, well, why does it have to be live? What does that get you? You might as well green screen yourself in to a backdrop. Why? I mean, it's great. It's great for the military, for the ESPN to have a presence on a base, but what is that? I mean, what are you really getting out of that? So they asked us to put together a, you know, a, a whole entire special uh, shot and edited and delivered, basically not live. No reason to fake live. Let's tell stories. So our goal, we went out on the USS Carl Vinson in the Pacific, um, and literally our goal when we went out there was to tell the story of the ship and do it differently. Like sports are important, but I think this year was, I think it was their 10-year anniversary as well for Sports Center's Veterans Day coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, was these are if we really care about what the military is doing and we want to salute our veterans, everyone does. Like, let's go tell the stories. Like, put sports on the back burner. It's not as important today as it. And they might is. have you know a, a subtlety of sports of in there, fine. But it that's not the main focus. It's a sports right? network, and it, it has to have a tie. But at the end of the day, I mean, you're going out there and you want to do something that matters. Let's go tell some stories. And that's exactly what we went out there and we did. Uh, we spent six days in the. I think we're like two, three hundred miles. They didn't tell us. We were like three hundred miles out in the Pacific somewhere on a carrier. They were doing <laughs> training mission because that carrier was going out somewhere in the Middle East. Uh, the day we flew off. Um, That's wild. But, you know, we built a crew out, um, and we went out there. We got to take off from a carrier, land on a carrier, uh, arrested landing, and it was like, I mean, I guess the amount of people that actually get to experience that zero to like 200 miles an hour in like four seconds from a carrier. I mean, it was once-in-a-lifetime experience, but um, we went out there and with the goal of actually telling the stories of the people on that ship and telling the ship's story of what is it doing. What is Because people don't realize there's a floating city out there. And we have like, I mean, Amer- um, we, are, we have the most in the entire world as far as superpowers go, as far as mm-hmm. in the aircraft carriers. But there's these floating cities out in the ocean with thousands, I think five, 6,000 sailors on is them. Is there really that many? And they are... I mean, they are operating at full tilt out there, and they, they are living their entire lives. There's people, we did one of the pieces was about the unsung heroes, which was one of the things that interested us the most when we went out there. These people don't see the light of day for like two weeks at a time because they're working down below. Underneath. Underneath, yeah. and then on top, what's going on up there is flight ops. You know, there's planes taking off. They have no reason to be To up, actually on, be on up there. Day. So they're not going up even just to catch a glimpse, they're, get some fresh air. They're, no. Nope, they're underneath. They're they're underneath, and they stay underneath, so... Um, and that's happening, and that's all over the world right now. And, I, I mean, it's an unbelievable feat that, you know, these people are out there doing what they're doing. Um, and I gained a whole new respect level That's awesome for man. our military and what we do. Um, and it's just, you know, we told that story, and that was our goal. And, you know, we came back and did a half-hour special when we were all said and done, black to black. Um, and we had something we were pretty proud of. And, you know... That was to date the biggest thing that we've done. That's now it's, cool. And that's a launching point. And that's another thing I think with businesses, you see something, you get an opportunity like that, and that's all you want. You, I just want to do this. I don't this. want to go backwards. I want to focus on this and do this. And how can I use this as a jumping off point for the next real big thing? And it's not an obvious thing. I mean, I wish it was. Like, it's great. And literally, you go from that to 
you know, going and shooting second camera on some like little sit down interview somewhere. And you're just like, well, I don't want like, how does this, like, yeah. How can I get back to, how do I stuff? do that? And that's, that's, that's the journey in my opinion is mm. we do, this is what we want to do. And only this, and at this level, at this budget all the time, all the time. That's and, awesome. And man. that's, I mean, that's the goal now. That's the new journey. <laughs> Very cool, man. Yeah. I dig it, dude. All yeah. right. So if folks that want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Uh, website, singlelightmedia.com. Uh, we have all our work up there. You can reach out to us um, from brands to simple stuff. I mean, we really do it all. I got a, we have a full edit suite uh, built in my garage. I converted the entire thing over. Came out awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Looks really cool. Yeah, that's my father-in-law's help. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we, we do. I mean, we did this whole entire special out of that garage. We had, you know, three or four people at any given time coming up from Bristol sitting in on these edits. We had two editors going. Um, a lot of hours and um you know but that's you know that's not the only level we operate at we can that's and i think that's a huge thing in production now is being nimble depending on where you want to be is obviously you know what you want to do you don't want to do it you don't want to work you know i'm not trying to do stuff that's too small but Mm -hmm. i mean they're really i mean if you have a good idea i don't care what it is like i mean if it's a good idea if i I can tell a great story with it i can tell a great story we can figure something out i mean we'll figure something out it doesn't have to be full service i mean we have we can we send people out just to shoot We've taken edit projects sometimes. I mean, it, yeah. it just all depends on, you know, what the needs are. Awesome. So. Dig it, man. That was thank great. Yeah, Good stuff. You. All right. He is Tom Facilla. I am Tyler Pyburn. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Create Smarter.